Did Don Draper really buy the world of Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? Were those guys really in hell the whole time or was that just the audience? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Each episode, a guest and I will choose a celebrated series from history, from the 70s to the streaming era and beyond, and do a deep dive on its very last episode. Was it all a dream? Did it turn into a nightmare? And most importantly, what can we learn about tomorrow's new shows from the way yesterday's ended? TV is a journey. I hope you'll enjoy this podcast about the destination. Starting January 17th, find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by two guys with brown bags Woo. on their heads. Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Super wild card weekend. For all my SpongeBob heads out there, this is a super weenie wild card weekend. Five out of six games. Blowouts. It was super. It started so promising with Browns Texans on Saturday, and it was like, wow, Flacco, Stroud, going to be incredible. And then since then, the game, the outcomes were cool, but outside of Lions, yeah. Rams, there was not a ton of like competitive football. No, yeah. the narratives were better than the games themselves. Like if you just like were traveling the whole weekend and came back and just had said like, what happened? And somebody was like, Stroud is like the GOAT. Jordan Love is a top 10 quarterback. Dallas collapsed. Philadelphia collapsed. Goff beat Stafford <laughs> in Detroit. You'd be like, oh my God, like what a weekend. And in reality, it was like, well, we kind of spent like 22 hours watching one close game. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think that we reached like critical mass with the NFL? It's like, yeah, the NFL, too many weeks. <laughs> Too many games. Too yes. many fucking playoff teams. I love our running <laughs> bit of the, the 100 most watched sports events. It's like 91 football games. Let's and we're fix like, it. We can fix this. But the, <laughs> the, So the, the Eagles just got rocked by the Bucks, And I think the only way I think to start, I think winners, losers, wildcard weekend. I think a big win, the biggest winner of the weekend to me, haters. Haters. They're just having the best time. I mean, people hate the Cowboys. People yeah. hate the Eagles, which includes Philly fans. No one hates the, the Philadelphia sports teams more than Philadelphia fans. Like, nobody. <laughs> and so, like, everybody, like, what an incredible weekend. Like, honestly, I didn't think this was possible to ask, but it has to be asked. What was worse, the Cowboys collapse or the Eagles? Because the Cowboys seems obvious, but I don't want to gloss over how disgusting. The Eagles quit. 
halfway through a playoff game. Yeah, but the Eagles. Uh, here's my here's my take. The Eagles collapse has been happening in front of our faces <laughs> I for two months. Completely agree. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? They were like two and a half point favorites against the Bucks. They Dead were trying dumb. to do tell not us. eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, I don't know what I was expecting. They lost they, five and six. They just lost to the Giants. Like, what do we th- what do we think was going to happen? I, I picked the Bucks and I felt a little sheepish about it. I'm like, yeah. The Eagles look like the worst team in the NFL. What are we doing I took here? The, the that, second this line came out, I bet the Bucks plus two and a half. I was like, Jalen Hurts' finger was bent 90 degrees. I'm like, I'm taking Tampa Bay. The A good rule of thumb is like, there are a lot of people that kind of sit on the sidelines to criticize. Like a lot of coaches and GMs don't like to criticize teams. And every now and then there's a team that's so disgusting that everyone can't help themselves. And people who don't even tweet that much, like Jay Gruden, it's out here being like, I am so sorry to any quarterback <laughs> I ever worked with. And like, like Peyton Manning, who frankly is the only honest person in sports media who like played football because he visibly can't hide his disgust when he's and he's just sitting there like watching like the Eagles unprepared for the the Buccaneers are like the most blitz happy team in the league right after playing the Giants, the other most blitz happy team in the league, like two weeks ago. Craig, I think that the best analysis of the entire season from anybody in the world was you being like the Eagles Super Bowl hangover was like when you wake up drunk thinking you're not hungover, but actually <laughs> like, I the feel hangover great. starts I'm at not 2 hungover. I had 17 beers last night. I feel wonderful. It's 8 a.m. <laughs> let's party. Let's, yeah, let's, let's run it back. And then it's 3 p.m. And you're struggling to get off the couch. Your vision's blurred. And you're like, what happened to me? My head is I have pounding. aged 20 years. <laughs> I was going to say, we did the fantasy, re- we did the, the rewatchables for the season a couple weeks ago. We said, what's aged the worst? And I said, Brandon Staley. Jason Kelsey looks like he aged 10 years. Jason Kelsey has th- 10 times more gray hair. Like he looks like a guy who's been crushed at the bottom of the tush push for nothing over the last. Did he seasons. announce he was retiring or is he not said yet? I think his face said everything. I, I think that guy <laughs> was getting I, emotional. Yeah. But just to get, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're recording this right after the game ended. We'll see, but I just, so it, it, frankly, it's, I mean, two years ago, the bucks got crushed. Or sorry. The bucks crushed the Eagles. I think it was 31 to 15 and it wasn't that close. And it was like a game that spawned the Eagles being like, should we even go with Jalen hurts? And the Eagles wanted to trade for Russell Wilson. They wanted to sign Allen Robinson. Couldn't do that. They're like, fine, we'll extend Hurts, trade for A.J. Brown, make the Super Bowl. Two years later, they the it's 32 to 9. It's actually the Eagles are in a worse spot now than they were two years ago to the Bucs. But then you got Dallas losing 48 to 30. The, the Cowboys was even worse. Yeah, I saw some people tweeting like this is worse than Dallas. And I, I don't think it is for all the reasons DK mapped out. Like we we this we saw this coming with Philadelphia. Dallas finished the year looking great. They were they won the NFC East. They were the number two seed in the NFC. Like this, that team was humming, and they were they were t- over touchdown favorites like at home against a team that snuck into the playoffs. The seventh quarterback. Seed. They, a, the seventh seed has seed. never lost in this format. Or sorry, the right. seventh seed has never won in this so, format. So just a quick summary with the Cowboys. Dallas. So again, they they were down thirty two in the fourth quarter. Dallas allowed the most points in a playoff game in team history. Green Bay had 20 wow. points before C.D. Lamb had one catch. It's really 41 because Dak threw a pick six. Like really, the, a defense allowed 41. For all the people at home yelling at us for saying 48. That's fair. Yeah. just Either one. It was bad. For the stat heads out there. Speaking of stat heads, Dak Prescott having 400 passing yards. It's, it's like the Ron DeSantis, like... Like waiting till like the night before the caucuses to like criticize Trump. It's like, thanks, Dak, for your 400 yards, 20 <laughs> minutes left in the game. But Green Bay went up 27 to nothing. And at that point, the Packers had more interception return yards than Dak Prescott had passing yards to his own team. 
which I find completely like literally the Packers defense had more yards than the Cowboys offense. Catching you guys the know that the, the Packers have as many wins at AT&T Stadium as the Cowboys in the playoffs in the playoffs. The wow. Packers have as many wins in Jerry World as the Cowboys do in the playoffs. Because oh, they won. The, they beat the Steelers there in the Super Bowl. That's so bad. They're undefeated there. Also, the Cowboys <laughs> were undefeated at sixteen and zero at home, and then they're the only team to lose at home this weekend. The Collapse. I don't even know where to start. The the Dak CD something's off. I mean, obviously the Cowboys got their asses kicked. Two things I think stand out to me. Well, three, but two plays. One, Luke the play that ended the game. Luke Musgrave had this touchdown. I I I don't think outside of a trick play. I don't. I think Luke Musgrave is the most open player I've ever seen on a football field. Like not high school, college, anything. He fielded the pass like he was catching a fly ball. Can corn. It was like he. <laughs> it was like he caught it. Like his hands looked weird. He's like, I've never caught a football like this in my life. He was so. It reminded me of Boise State when they were blue and they would hide blue players in the end zone and then like on a kick return throw it to the other guy. Like I don't know how you get so many players on one side and then one guy on the other. And then the other one was that it's so weird that Dak and CD Lamb were so frustrated by like the second drive of the game. I don't oh, know you what was going on. CD Lamb was pissed like immediately. And I don't so really weird. know what happened. Yeah, it was like the first incomplete pass. CD Lamb's like, fuck this guy. And I was like, dude, you just had the best <laughs> season a Cowboys ever had at wide receiver. Why did this all crumble like immediately to start this game? It was, it was, it was wild. It was like that third and eight on the first drive, the four inches off CD's hands. And if he hits that, I'm like, is it, does that, they, they just roll and win the game? Like did the whole thing, it was so weird. But I, the other thing that I want to just note, cause Mike, look, Dak also, how funny was Dak being like, look, if people are going to criticize Mike McCarthy and ask if he's going to come back, you got to ask if I'm going to come back. And everyone's like, all right. Okay, cool. Are you coming back? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, all right, you're done too. But I think the, the, the Cowboys thing that sticks to me the most was, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but every time the clock stopped in the first half, the Packers just destroyed Dallas. Like, the the, the Packers, the, if you, I'm counting timeouts, but also like TV timeouts, like the two-minute warning, the first quarter break. Whenever there was like a moment, Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, got to think for like two seconds. Like talk to his players? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Romeo Dobbs got a, uh, a catch, 15-yard catch to the one-yard line, and then Aaron Jones scored next play. The Dontavian Wicks touchdown was out of a timeout. The pick six to CeeDee Lamb was out of a timeout. And then the was the 39-yard throw to Dobbs was also out of a TV timeout. So it's like the out of a timeout, two touchdowns, another play that set up a touchdown, and a 39-yard pass. It's like every time the clock stopped, Green Bay was like, all right, we know exactly what to do. That's a huge problem. That makes me feel really good. You know why, Heifetz? Because Dan Quinn is uh, interviewing with the Seahawks this week. <laughs> the Cowboys for the head coach. That's great. Could you imagine like a worse possible job interview than like on public national television, just giving up 41 points? And it was like, they didn't even do anything that they hadn't normally been doing. Like this was like the Packers sort of MO, the way that they did it. Like they, they ran the ball, did play action. And these guys were just wide freaking open. Like Jordan Love was almost perfect on play action. So what's serious question, serious question. What's worse? The Cowboys being so schematically unprepared that, they literally, they have tight ends 30 yards away, just completely uncovered. Or the Eagles just not being able to tackle anybody. 
who are not understanding they're going to get blitzed. Like, I actually don't know what's worse. So many people were complaining about the blitz thing. I saw Kurt Warner was bitching about it. Like, why do you not know how to like deal with a blitz? Jay Gruden's out Dude, there. Dude, like, he's like, they're in empty. Like, there's no running back to block. They're like, hey, they're sending people to hit you. Maybe have so, some protect hurts. And they're like, no. So poor Solak. He was losing his fucking mind the whole game. Do you just, guys think Nick Sirianni is going to get fired? I, I think actually Mike McCarthy is more likely to stay than Sirianni. Because I think really? what happened... I, I do. I think what happened... What, Sirianni is like peak office space. What is it that you do here? Like Sirianni... The Eagles are like a baseball team. In baseball, the Yankees... Honestly, Nick Sirianni is Aaron Boone, if you're a Yankees fan. The Yankees... Like baseball now, the managers, the analytics-based front offices manage the day-to-day -day, like decisions... And the head coach is like a rah-rah morale guy. What, what does Sirianni do? It's like Shane Steichen did the offense last year. And the Eagles the Eagles front office, Harry Roseman, has controlled the 53 personnel. Like, they're doing all that stuff. Nick Sirianni is just kind of there to, like, take flack, like, today. Like, get in trouble. He's there for vibes. To meet, mean mug the camera. Yeah, he's yeah. there to, like, scream at Chiefs fans when they leave a tunnel <laughs> or something. And so I think what, that he's... Like, why do you Shane even Steichen need a head coach then, to be quite honest? Why can't you just have an offensive and a defensive coordinator? Answer that question. What's the I, difference? Other way around. Why do they need Matt Patricia's defensive coordinator? Could the Eagles players not decide on a play before every play better than whatever Patricia... <laughs> I'm not player, even kidding Just you. player coaches. Yeah, they I'm up. not even kidding. Matt well, Patricia like, if, took over the defense. They're literally the worst defense in the league since. They've allowed us scoring... They allowed, like, 90% of the drives since he took over were scores. It's so, context is so wild because just like we were saying earlier, like if you just like, if somebody just woke up from a coma and you're like, explain the Eagles to me, like just look at the stats of the Eagles season. And it was like, all right, so they, they made the Super Bowl last year. They were like one holding penalty away from maybe winning. And this year they went 11 and six and they lost in the wild card round. And in the wild card game, they didn't have their best receiver and their star quarterback dislocated his finger, didn't throw a football the entire week and clearly has been injured all year with a knee injury. And if you just read that, you'd be like, okay, so like all things considered, like a perfectly normal, decent year. And in reality, every Eagles fan is in shambles. Nick Sirianni should be fired. <laughs> oh yeah, also not to mention that their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator were pillaged and, and, and sent to other teams. So it's like- Jalen Hurts is like, Jalen Hurts is bending his fingers back into place by himself. I don't know. It's like all things considered, did the Eagles have a decent year? <laughs> I, I think that they actually had the worst, I think the actual they're answer to the a, Eagles problem- half a good year. <laughs> I think they had the actual worst. It's actually a miracle they went eleven and six. Yeah. They went ten. They started ten and one. Craig, the big dumb, literally the big dumb <laughs> one was the pivot. the whole thing. The whole structure came crumbling down with that big dumb house of cards. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy, man. That Sirianni to to literally make the Super Bowl, then go eleven and six and lose in the playoffs, and then you're fired. And I get this is why context is important, but still, just like that on paper is pretty crazy. It isn't, it isn't, though. Like, John Fox made the Super Bowl with the Broncos, and then he was, like, fired, and then the Broncos immediately won another Super Bowl. Like I feel Gary like th this is the great, this is one of the best examples of all time of, like, how much of a high-wire act an NFL team is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Bill Belichick made fucking nine this Super This is why Bowls. it's, like, so absurd to me when people talk about, like, but he's Belichick the not being a good coach. Like, give me a fucking <laughs> break. Like, do you know how how hard it is to win in the NFL? Like, I, I don't know. To me, this is just the perfect example of like one or two things go wrong and the whole thing yeah. just fucking collapsed. Collapsed. I've never seen a team with worse vibes. They have worse vibes than any team in the NFL. They had worse vibes than the Panthers. They did. Like, oh, easily. like their body language was worse than the Panthers. Trey Aikman, 
said the Eagles' body language was as if they did not want to play in this game. He said that in like the second quarter <laughs> of the playoffs. It's really bad. <laughs> like, do you guys think if you guys were on the Cowboys or the Eagles or something, let's say you were the quarterback, what would your disposition be after a loss like this? Like, would you go the Dak Prescott route where it's like I stand by my court, like by my head coach? If you're going to criticize him, you got to criticize me. Like, we'll be back next year. Or would you be like pissed off, despondent, like in a miserable mood guy? What do you I think? Not an quarterback. <laughs> I, I would I would probably blame it all on you guys. If we lost the, the <laughs> podcasting championship, I'd be like, fucking Craig was just not bringing it. Heifetz kept interrupting me. Whatever. You know, something like that. I would definitely be like, I'd go full team cancer. I'd be miserable. I, I would not support anybody. <laughs> I'd be like, I need I, to get the fuck. I need to go on vacation for a month before I can think uh, about this again. I'd be like Belichick. I'd be like, we're on to the, the NFL draft show. <laughs> we're we're on to the combine. What's is that better? What's is it worse if you just don't talk to the press? Like you know how some people get really criticized if they just like refuse to talk after a game like this, like Cam Newton. Or uh, see, I actually I understand that, but then when you argue like it is your literal job to speak to the press, then that gets kind of tough. But in, well, in I reality, mean, Mike Tomlin <laughs> asked like well, your contract yeah. just walked his tip from the press. Conference. I kind of respect that. Look, I do the same thing. <laughs> I, I it's it's I, if I lose a game of Madden, I don't want to talk to anybody, let alone my real life job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can move on from these pathetic teams. I, the one, well, I, the last thing we do, you mentioned Belichick. We should mention the Belichick. One, he oh, he interviewed the Falcons, which is during like all this going on today, which is hilarious. And like, sir, I'm not kidding. Do you think that 28 to three was the first thing that got mentioned, like as an icebreaker, or that they had like a seven hour interview and never brought it up? I saw Nora Princiati, who works at the Ringer, tweet. She was like, just in quotes, like. Can you please describe a time when you know you, you faced adversity and, and, and you know how you came through? What could they have asked Bill Belichick? Like literally, what could they have asked him? Is there any chance they leave that interview being like, I don't know, kind of unimpressed? Yes. Well, I think that, you know because we're talking about like should the Cowboys fire McCarthy and bring in Belichick because the Cowboys draft well, and the Eagles like should the Eagles fire Sirianni bring in Belichick? You know what the funniest thing in the world would be if Belichick came to the Eagles and kept Patricia as the coordinator. Oh my god! Oh my lord! <laughs> uh, real question, or or to be real, or or about this whole thing. So I was joking around about how Belichick interviewing for a head coaching job is like Tom Cruise auditioning for a role, <laughs> and so many people replied to me like, "He's not getting, he's not getting interviewed. He's interviewing the Falcons." And I'm like, well, yes, that's actually 100% what's happening. He here. flies but- the Falcons out to Boston <laughs> to interview with him. <laughs> Tom to Cruise is boat. deciding to buy <laughs> the movie. What is it? Eight Rings or what, what was it? His Eight boat's rings. name? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, uh, wait, Kevin Clark has this great story of like, um, da- uh, Dabo, sorry, I forget the name. I always could get this. Dabo, Dabo's winning the Clemson head coach called Jimmy Johnson, who lives in Florida. It was like, hey, we're going to fly out to Clemson. I would love to like hear you about coaching. And Jimmy Johnson just responds, yeah, you're going to come to me. I don't leave the keys. <laughs> Dude, it's like, on DK, it's that. honestly, it's like Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner just moved to Santa Barbara and was like, I'm not coming to LA anymore. Like I'm Kevin Costner. You will come <laughs> to me if you want me, if you need yeah. a meeting. So I, Belichick's Ooh. like, Arthur Blank, you will come to Cape Cod on my boat if you want me to coach your football team. I'm not going to Atlanta. <sighs> um, all right. So uh, the Cowboys and Eagles are like bad vibes. Honestly, maybe so we the think we think Sirianni fame, and McCarthy are gone officially. I, McCarthy, dude, if they don't get if they don't get rid of Mike McCarthy, I think it's I two know. things are important. Hold on, These hold are on. opposite organizations. The Eagles are like a baseball team. They're like highly like they're they're like a baseball hedge fund team. They're like math, like analytics, not just analytics, but they're like a 
they're they're trying to, they're more like the warriors or whatever and how they J- Jerry Jones is honest to god like a fantasy football owner. He's emotional, he wants to do everything himself like he's the most hands-on th- they're completely opposite things. Jerry Jones kept Jason Garrett for 10 years. Oh my like, god, I always You know what I mean? About that. Here's here's my take. Here's my take. Uh I think Sirianni deserves to be fired much more than McCarthy and here's why. He he proved over and over over like a 7 week stretch that he had no answers, zero answers for yes. getting his team out of this funk that they were in. There was not, they, he had, they didn't do anything. They looked exactly the same for seven straight weeks. And McCarthy goes out and loses one playoff game. Yes, I understand the Cowboys have a history of not being able to get over the hump in the playoffs. And that's like working against him, blah, blah, blah. But like, this, Craig, like two weeks ago, we were talking about how Dak should be the MVP. And like, this is one of the best teams in the NFL. Like, I, I feel like it'd be a massive overreaction. But that being said, I would I would understand if they do it, but Sirianni deserves to get fired way more. I feel like just based on what happened, it was a complete collapse, and he's ultimately in charge of this thing. That's an excellent call, DK. Because one year, because also the Cowboys beat the Bucks one year ago in the playoffs, and they kicked the Bucks. And what was the weird thing for the Cowboys Bucks game was they missed four extra points, and then McCarthy did come out, and now they have this rookie kicker. It's like they actually fixed all the little things Dallas couldn't do as much as Pollard was bad. They Dallas did fix all these little things in their defense and their special teams and their offense that got better, and then this game was bad. But DK, you're so right that the Eagles actually, they literally couldn't pick up blitzes against the Giants two weeks ago and then couldn't do it again today. Like, we're talking from a coach perspective, literally football 101, that would be embarrassing at college. Yeah, but it's like I understand that they went to the Super Bowl last year, they started ten and one. This is one of the best teams in the NFL for like a good stretch of the season. But I don't know. Like to me, that's like a you just completely lose confidence in this guy to do what he's supposed to be doing. You yeah, know that's I mean? fine. I just think you have to fire McCarthy as well. I just you can't just if it's like week one next year and you got Dak Prescott under center and Mike McCarthy's on the sideline staring at the scoreboard. I'm like, how is anybody going to have faith in this team that you're just running it back again? When this team can't get get over the line in the playoffs, you have no faith in Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott. You need to pick one. Huge week for the haters. Uh, <laughs> also, incredible week for teams that Just actually like get vibes. Hate and Nirvana right now. Yeah, this the, is as good as it gets. The Lions. This is actually one of the first feel good stories that there's been in a while. But the Lions. I mean, you know, they had the longest playoff drought in the entire league, which sorry, producer Carlos Douglas to the dolphins, but lions win. They beat the Rams. That was a really, really, really fun game. Lions won 24 to 23. Um, overall, like Amon Ra for the lions, Pukunukua for the Rams. I, I mean, Stafford Goff, the whole Stafford Goff traded for each other. They're like, we're doing this for 60. The whole thing was fun. And just the vibes were incredible. I thought the atmosphere was crazy, but like, dude, Dan Campbell, DK, you are the vibes king. And I feel like Dan Campbell <laughs> is the first ballot vibes. Hall of, uh, like hall. Of oh Famer. my God. He, he is, you know how like all the zoomers talk about manifesting? He manifested the fuck out of this team. Like I went back and looked at the quotes from his introductory presser. Can I just read one to you? Because it Please. was like you you cry? Go, quote unquote quote. I think we need to bring some hope back to this place, man. Listen, I'm willing to do whatever, man. I'm not kidding you. I'm a big mind over matter person. And a lot of you are going to think I'm a kook a little bit here, but I do believe you can will things to happen in some regard. Like if you're a really positive thinker, I believe that positive things can happen to you. I don't know, man. I feel like obviously there's a lot of very good players on this team and they've done a good job of like putting together like a really cohesive offense. Like their defense has some really exciting young players, blah, blah, blah. But this is exactly why you hire a culture coach, a guy that is going to just like make everything around. Like it's an infectious positivity, energy, vibes. It really matters. I don't If you guys have ever played on teams, like 
go back to the the teams you had the most fun playing on, and it was just like something different about that. You know what I mean? And you hear I'm like every, you, all the players talking about it. After reading Pete Carroll's book, we mentioned this on the other pod. Like now, I'm like I actually value the vibe coach more than I do like the analytic coach. Like I would rather have Pete Carroll, Dan Campbell, uh, what have you, instead of like a Brandon Staley type any day of the week. I mean, I guess if you can have both, I feel like Sean McVay is a good example of somebody who's kind of both. But um, yeah, how can you not love what Dan Campbell's doing? He's like he's like basically like holistic medicine as a coach. He's like, nah, man. <laughs> We're Get not going to treat your a, symptoms. Uh, We're going to treat the take disease. Take a cold shower. You'll be fine. There was a really, really good story. I want to pull up the exact coach's name because I want to get it right. But there was an excellent story someone shared. Uh, it was the the Lions linebackers coach. I can't find it. Uh, I think it's, yeah, Kelvin Shepard. is a former teammate of Dan Campbell. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a black coach. He had like long dreadlocks and he, or like long hair. And he called Dan Campbell as he was, retiring as a player, getting a coaching. He asked Dan Campbell, should I cut my hair to get a job? Because obviously black coaches um, are underrepresented and have a tough time to get a job. And he called Dan Campbell. He's like, will it be more professional, be easier for me to get a job? If I'm, and Dan Campbell says, absolutely not. Like you gotten your, you've gotten the calls because you are you. And they don't want you being some version of a, some random thing of a vague idea of who you think you should be. You're going to succeed because of who you are. And he kept him on, and then Dan Campbell brought him on staff. And this guy was, Calvin Shepard was talking about how he feels free in his ability to coach because working for Dan Campbell, like there's not a culture of fear. And then Dan Campbell was asked about this. And Dan Campbell said, I'm a firm believer that you can't bet, let people can't be the best they can be unless you, unless you let and encourage them to be who they are. Yeah, that's exactly and what I know Carol like, said too. Yeah. Yeah. That is very Pete Carroll-y. Yeah. And, and I, and the, 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 the challenge of this is this is all that is, I actually, I love that. The challenge and the reality is that's nice and, and warm, but it, it's better when you win. And the Pete Carroll problem is when you start to lose it, like it's hard to hold on to the real challenge for Dan Campbell is what happens if they lose Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator. Cause that's kind of what just happened to the Eagles, right? It's cool when Nick Sirianni's yelling on the sideline when they're winning, everything's kind of cool when you're winning. But like the Kelsey podcast is a lot less cool when they both kind of want to like just walk into the sea and the Dan Campbell that we'll see if the Lions can keep it up without, you know, the offense. But right now, like it, it it's it's the most like movie like atmosphere to a team I've seen in real life in quite some time. Oh, 100 percent. It's like Major League. Remember the movie Major League, the baseball yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah. It's like the Lions or the NFL version. It's like haven't haven't gone to the haven't won a playoff game in 30. What was it? 31 years. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, trying to tank in major league, right? The owner was trying to tank. <laughs> she she right? wanted to like, yeah, she wanted to strip. She basically just like hired all these random dudes, yes. uh, you know, off the street and just like wanted them to be the worst team ever. So they could move the team. I think it was. And yeah, it's just Ted like, Lasso. um, and, and yeah, like, to be honest, even like the vibes were great because I feel like in this game, kind of, no matter what happened, you'd, you could still talk yourself into being happy, but I'm so glad Detroit won because Look, we all like Stafford. The, the Rams are a great story this year. Puka Nakua is an awesome story. They're kind of like, they were like the little engine that could this year, really. Like the Rams with like how many rookies and undrafted guys they had. But Goff having this resurgence after getting abandoned by the Rams and now moving on, winning a playoff game with Detroit, like breaking the streak. It is such an awesome story. Goff generally played pretty well. He had that one like 
horrific, like Carson Wentz-esque, like backwards fumble. But other than that, <laughs> God, God, a really good game. It's the stupidest thing I've ever Wentz was on the brain. sidelines. It's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're watching YouTube, or not even YouTube, but like, you know when you're streaming these games and every now and then it just like breaks and it just like glitches and goes home. Like Jared Goff's brain does that once a game. He's just like it his does. controller disconnects. Yeah. But other than that, like he had a great game, which was nice. Like I'm happy like they didn't win the game just by like running the ball up their throats. Like I'm happy Goff actually could like play well and and can cut like they gave him the game ball after. So I'm I'm super happy for Jared Goff. The one, these teams are so fun to watch. Amon Ra and Puka, I one, penciled them in on my teams next year. I'll do anything. But like Puka just spinning and just like neither of them want to go down. They're so fun Dude, to watch Puka. each of them. Puka and might Amon- need to chill out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like takes, dude, he, he like takes at least one. He just gets clobbered <laughs> in at least one game or at least one time every game. And it's just like, he's like slow to get up almost every single time. I was, I was texting you guys. He's like red from uh pineapple express where he's like, He's been shot multiple times. He's got like the the whiplash neck roll thing on. Like he falls asleep at the table and they're like, is he dead or is he alive? Oh, he's alive. He's back in the game. Like this is like Puka every fucking game. He's just like just getting clobbered. I'm like, dude, chill just a little bit. Uh, we want you to have a long yards. productive career. Yeah. 181 yards for Puka. Most uh, most ever in a playoff game by a rookie. That's kind of awesome. why these teams are fun, though. The Rams and Lions. Wow, that's that's a crazy stat. That's actually wild. Puka, yeah, the, it's it's fact. Stroud deserves Rookie of the Year, but it's crazy. We need some award to give Puka. It's, but the, the Lions and Rams. That's why they're fun, though. That neither team has any chill. Amonra honestly has no chill either. Laporta doesn't. Dan Campbell. Does. Dan Campbell came out at the halftime, and he was like, they he actually answered the question, which is so funny. Like, what do we need to do better? He's like, oh man, defensively, man, we got to get a stop, man. He's like, we haven't forced them to punt one time. We got to get that going. Offensively, we're kicking ass. (laughs) I love the uh. (laughs) Campbell. Yeah, he's like truly everything is so infectious with that guy. I love that. Um, I think Goff Goff is starting to have a little bit of a personality. You know how Goff. You know, did the, he's like, like pump up the crowd move yes. at the end of the game. Uh, yeah. Well, they I did think, the hard knocks on it a few ago. The hard knocks few years ago, and he was like, "Hey, I, you know, this is my golf course at my house." And, and he's like chipping. Like, yeah, now he's likable. Um, he, uh, by the way, th- throw a stat out here for you guys on plays when he wasn't pressured. He was twenty-one out of twenty-one. So a lot of people like, obviously, dealing with pressure is an important part of of quarterbacking. But like, I think a really um, sticky stat and like. A consistent stat year over year is like how well you play from the pocket when you're not pressured. And Goff was literally perfect. 21 out of 21, 266 yards and a touchdown. And if you just think about the game, he was just dealing. He was just like finding the open guy, getting it to him, letting letting them do their thing and moving on, like moving the chains, keep going. And it was just like a big part of the reason I really enjoy watching this offense is like everybody's just on the same page. Everyone's doing their job. Everyone's working really hard, blocking downfield. Even Jamison Williams, who I think early in the season, we were like, oh God, maybe this guy's like a bust. Um, he's out there blocking his ass off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just fun to watch. I think everybody is just, uh, you know, like playing their asses off. And I think obviously that starts with Campbell. This game was really fun and pure. And this was the most exciting wild card round of the narrative wise and also watching it. And then it was kind of tainted a little when it's like Matt Stafford was, we don't know for sure, nor are we doctors. However, we kn- I know for sure. I know. Was he just was knocked unconscious? Like yes. during that was brutal to watch. That he looked yeah. like he went to the shadow realm and then returned. Or like you I- guys know those little squeeze stress toys where the eyes kind of bulge out of the head. <laughs> that literally looked was fucking Stafford when his head hit the ground. And then I I saw on Twitter on Chris Long's podcast. Chris Long was saying that sometimes quarterbacks do this thing where 
when they know they're concussed and they just like blacked out briefly, they'll run to the sidelines pretending like they have a different injury so that people think it's something else. And Stafford was so running to the sideline with his like his fist clenched yeah, like what, and, and holding up against his ribs. Oh, and I was like, oh, is it a rib hands. injury? Yeah. yeah, or is it like a shoulder thing? And then he came back in the game, of course, because God forbid it's the NFL playoffs. No way he's going to miss the rest of the game. But uh, it's like two. I mean, they pretended two had a different injury. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. No, I, I mean, that was, I would say, one of the more egregious uh, ones. They, everyone's just like, yeah, we're going to let this happen. Good vibes. Yeah. We don't want to ruin it's, this. If so it's the playoffs, the like, we're not going to stop this. It's the only close. Roger Goodell called in. He's like, look, guys, this is the only close game we've had all weekend. All right. Get him back out there. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, it's like, how, dude, it's like two a year and a half ago, they were like canceling games because of COVID. Now you got like Jalen Hurts playing in a game with the flu. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like over that. We're not going to deal with that I anymore. still can't get over no. Jalen Hurts, like popped his own finger back in on his throwing hand. And it was like, I guess we'll wear a glove. And then right before the game, it's like, I'm not going to wear the glove. <laughs> I know they practice all week. Uh, anyway. But the. The last thing I want to say this game is I, we need to get Sean McVeigh PS5. He needs to play Madden. That's it. He doesn't yeah. like he, incredible coach. He's still the youngest coach in the NFL. He's won a Super Bowl. The clear cost of him being a super genius enough to be a good head of coach at 30 years old is he just has no concept of clock management. I, I, I this is not literally true, but I think it might be. I don't think Sean McVeigh has literally ever got to the two minute warning of a, of a fourth quarter with three timeouts. I don't think it's well, ever happened. Oh, yeah. Of a fourth quarter, that's definitely true. But man, at the end of the half, I don't know if you guys remember, to end the half, at the end of the second quarter, there's 59 seconds left. The Rams have the ball on like their own 10. 59 seconds with three timeouts. And they just run the ball and go into the half. It like, just doesn't make sense. He doesn't like the Madden concepts of like, you should try to score when you have the ball and you have a minute left. It's I, and then also not the to fourth- mention like Matt Stafford was dealing like Matt yeah. Stafford appreciation moment right now. Like he, Matt Stafford is so fucking good at football and so good at court. Like he's still underrated. Like he, he won a Super Bowl and he was incredible that year. He is still underrated in my book. And he See like how many no look passes. Yeah. I know this sounds nitpicky and like we can move on, but all I'll say is this. They lost the game by one point. If they had just gotten it to field goal range yep. at the end of the first half, they yep. would have won the game. Yeah. Like, I, and they didn't. Did, I, did you guys realize that the Lions scored three points in the second half? Dude, the under hit on this game. It, it was, was like 21, 21 to 17 at half. And the under hit. <laughs> the Lions were winning. They hit it. They had a field goal. There were goal. no touchdowns in the second half. It was all field goals. Yes. Yeah, three field goals, one by the Lions, two by the Rams. It was like, so from that point of view, I kind of understand like what McVeigh was thinking by, he was like, we're, we stopped them all half. We'll stop them again. Get the ball back. Um, oh, at the end. Well, it was like, it was like fourth and what, 14 when they punted or something like that. But the pro- well, no, they, the they first basically, half was the, the first half in the fourth quarter when they, they punted with like four minutes left or whatever. And it was fourth and 14. They took a shot on third down to the end zone. Yeah, sorry, and, I was jumping around a little bit, but I was talking about the fourth, the third and fourth down plays um, when people were saying they should not have punted. So I, I know, know, look, not punting on fourth and 14, I get. What bothers me is I don't think Sean McVay understands the, or not understands, I don't think he thinks this way of perhaps we get 10 yards on third and 14 and see if we want to do yeah. a fourth and five. Like, he doesn't think that way. And I, I don't know. It's play Madden, Sean McVay. We're going to get him PS5. All right. Other winner for this weekend of the Super Weenie Hut Jr. wildcard weekend. Young quarterbacks. Uh, I shameless plug. I went ring, the ringer.com. I wrote about CJ Stroud this week. I wrote about um, Cowboys. You can uh, Dolphins. You can look all that up. But I, I actually had a moment of deja vu because I, I typed out the Jordan Love stat line and I was like, this is wrong. And I realized actually, no, 
Jordan Love for the Packers, CJ Stroud for the Texans had almost, I've never seen anything like this, almost exactly the same stat line. Jordan Love and CJ Stroud both had, both of them, 16 completions on 21 attempts. They both had 270-something yards. They were two yards apart at 270. They both had three touchdown passes. They both threw zero picks, took zero sacks. They both had a passer rating of 157.2. That never happens. And they both did it against, ostensibly, one of the best defenses in the NFL, Dallas and Cleveland, respectively, with the defensive player of the year candidate, Micah Parsons or Miles Garrett, that was totally neutralized. And both these dudes were not exactly considered like known prodigy, known quantities coming into the season. I think they're both like pretty easily top eight, top 10 quarterbacks at this point. And I, we can, I don't know which one you guys want to start with. DK, I'll start with you. But like, I feel like Stroud and Love, amid all the weirdness of the season and Belichick retiring and all the quarterbacks getting hurt, the actual takeaway is like, the Texans and Packers just like flipped into like two of the best position teams for the rest of the 2020s over the last month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's start with Stroud for, for a second, because um, yeah, obviously he's a rookie. This was the first rookie quarterback and court, uh, head coach tandem to win a playoff game in like forever. There's been like three instances of this first so. quarter rookie quarterback coach combo to win a division period. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, what they're doing is very rare and we should acknowledge that and appreciate that and, and enjoy it. I also just love Stroud because I don't know, aesthetically, is there a cooler looking quarterback in the NFL right now? And like the way he plays, the way he throws, so everything smooth. is so silky smooth. It's almost like, um, like, I don't know, Steph Curry, just like he's so smooth. Everything he does is so effortless looking. Um, it's probably not a great comp, but you know what I mean? Like just the way that he moves is, is, is I don't know, just fun to watch. And, um, I was looking this. I was looking up the stats. Heifetz, you mentioned how close they were on on overall stats on their play action. C.J. Stroud threw a pl- threw off play action on thirty three percent of his dropbacks. He was five out of seven for one hundred forty six yards and three touchdowns on play action. And it, when I picture him and I, when I picture that game, it was deep drop, roll out, like crow hop up and just fucking launch a bomb downfield. And I was talking to Bill Barno about this today on Twitter. It's uh, he called it the. Uh, the sidelines, the sideline view superstars or whatever. Like when you, when you just have like the TV view, you can't see what's down the field. You can only see like, Oh, he's going to huck it down to me. Stroud is like entered that special realm of guys that like, as soon as he throws it, I'm like, that's a touchdown. <laughs> like that's going to be a touchdown. As soon as he starts curl hopping and getting ready to throw it, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a touchdown. I, he plays. He honestly, is just to me, Stroud is just Joe Burrow with a better arm. Yeah. I, I think he's even a little bit, He's a, he's a little bit like quicker to me than Burrow. Like the way he like bounces around in the pocket and he ha- he has such like a like a flick to it. Like I I, I don't know. He, he has a gunslinger energy energy to me that, that Burrow doesn't really give off. But I I agree with you, Hyvitz. I I think one of the coolest parts of like this the season or the playoffs is that uh, while this weekend was a slog for like most of the games, it so one of the most fun parts of football is like watching a quarterback like truly like ascend into the top 10 and watching love and Stroud do it, it, it. It's pretty cool to be like this wildcard weekend. We can all like officially say like, all right, like these two guys now are, are going to be in our lives for a decade. It's like an actor. It's like Tom Cruise in Rick, risky business. And you're like, all right, like this is now a guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Totally. And uh, especially with like the amount of hall of famers that we've lost in like the last, you know, it's like breeze and the Mannings and big Ben uh, and rivers. Yeah. And, and all that stuff, like it, 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 it has felt like, especially this year, you're like, man, there's not a lot of good quarterbacks right now in the NFL. 
And so Stroud and Love have come at a perfect time because, uh, yeah, you know, we didn't have a lot of them until, yeah, until like now. Always, the NBA, they're always like the leaks in good hands. I'm like, all right, NFL, quarterbacks, good hands. Credit, credit good. again to Heifetz, by the way, for calling this in the preseason. I made fun of you for being all over <clears throat> Jordan Love in the preseason, even though I wasn't, I wasn't even a guy that like, was like he sucks. I just was like, it, it's a big stretch to think he's going to be like a superstar. Well, and it's just like and he's when, absolutely when done it. Just bet that a quarterback's not going to be good. You're, you're well, probably going to yes, be right. I, that's right. fair. I think that's actually <laughs> what I got wrong about the Texans. Is like with the rookie, it's like it went in doubt. It's like I think that the te- you know, look. I think I look for fantasy purposes. You can look at the Dolphins and be like, that's a team that I wish we had stacked and you could have seen it coming. The Texans, you got to just take the L. It's like the the very uh, co- coach, rookie quarterback, or rookie offensive coordinator, rookie quarterback coach. It's like you don't know what you're going to get, and you're like. The banking on them to be good is kind of crazy. And no way. one knew Nico Collins was going to be like the most amazing receiver yeah, in the like NFL it, this year. And everybody Tank, Tank is going to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Everyone involved hit the nine and a half out of 10, including Bobby Sloak. The coordinator for the Texans was great. I, wait, totally. Him too. Yeah. I have to do the, the Stroud, the Stroud facts of this game reminded me of Chuck Norris facts. Just, I have to hit some of these. See, just Stroud's the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game, period. Stroud is the highest drafted rookie quarterback to win a playoff game. Second overall, but that had never happened before. Wow. as a rookie. Stroud's first play. Also, Stroud's first playoff game. The Texans scored their most points in any game since 2014, when Stroud was 13. <laughs> Dude, when he they was put 13. up 45 points against the fucking Browns. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? The first playoff game, and he, the Stroud led the Texans to their largest margin of victory in a playoff game in team history. And then Stroud also tied the record for passing touchdowns in a playoff game by a rookie. At half, by, and he did it by halftime. Jeez. So uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty unreal. And then Jordan Love went out and did all the same stuff. But oh, yeah, we got to talk about Jordan Love real quick before we move on. But um, he's Aaron Rodgers. If he was like cool to talk, he to. is Aaron Rodgers. It's uncanny. I, I got so many texts it's yesterday. So weird. Like, the ex- there was like one specific throw from yesterday, and my phone got like six texts being like, "Jordan loves Aaron Rodgers." Dude, the meme of the week was that they <laughs> Aaron Rodgers must be so mad that the government cloned him, even though he didn't get the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> how did they take control of him yeah it's like how did they do it it's like no but the, the reason i bet so heavily on jordan love is I, I i all right two things one i think sitting is the most fucking underrated thing of quarterback yeah, i know they got it we gotta we gotta bring this back no one fucking Four talks years. about this patrick mahomes sat for yeah. a year jordan love sat for three years tom brady sat for a year jabris sat like this is just how it was for 50 fucking years. It was like understood that it's impossible to just come in and play rookie quarterback really well immediately. And what changed was the financial structure of contracts on the business end incentivized teams financially to play guys earlier. And then we send them to the wood chipper of now we have young guys playing for the worst teams immediately. And we're like, why do these guys suck? Baker Mayfield, what is the stat they showed today? Eight. Head coaches in six years, and he played for the fucking Browns. And we're like, why was he bad? That's weird. Textbook how to ruin your quarterback. Like, <laughs> and we look at Jordan Love and the Packers. What was another incredible meme I saw tonight was the Packers with Jordan, the Packers yeah, having, moving on so from good. Brett Favre to Rodgers to Love. And it was Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. Do you know how fucking like, easy this is for me? Do you know how easy this is for me? Do you have any fucking idea how easy this is? This is a fucking joke. <laughs> I wish, I, knew uh, the, I wish you could do this because like this is a waste of my fucking time. <laughs> it's like us just finding a, a third straight Hall of Fame quarterback. Do you know how fucking easy this is for me? Sets I, it on fire. <laughs> I'm also convinced it is not an, a coincidence 
that 31 teams cannot find a new quarterback and the one that Kent does not have an owner. I am so like, <laughs> meddling, there's no meddling, way that's a coincidence. Yeah, meddling owners are there's that's no not fucking a good thing. chance that it's like the Panthers with David Tepper are just like cut Cam Newton, bring him back, snip snap, and then the backers are like, we're gonna draft Jordan Love. When is when is the last time that a team has truly hit on three quarterbacks in a row? Like, how rare is that? I'm pretty sure literally yeah, literally never. I, this <laughs> is the first. I no, I'm, I'm not even kidding with you. Because I I've like I'd have to go back and look, but even well, how do you feel about back- Mac Jones? <laughs> Wouldn't that only be two? Or who are you counting as the third there for doing? Yeah, Bledsoe, Brady, Matt no, Jones. Bledsoe doesn't count. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean honestly, the only ones we've seen in our lifetime. I mean, Montana to Young, and then uh-huh. it was Manning to Luck. But even that was kind of freaking like incredibly lucky. That like uh, pun intended, but like that was just kind of like uh, you know, my favorite. Mark Zuckerberg called Twitter like a clown car that drove into a gold mine. That was kind of the Colts getting Andrew Luck. And, <laughs> but like the, the Packers planned it. That's the best part of the Packers is the Packers like at foresight. I think that's the thing. It's like the Packers having foresight. Again, the only team that has foresight doesn't have an owner. Like that's not a coincidence to me. Brett Favre, his first year of starting for the Packers, 1992. What were you doing in 1992? I was not alive. <laughs> you're, you're. A figment, or what was it? The a twinkle in your dad's eye, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah man, that's 1992. That was the last time they had a bad quarterback. Uh, so the, I mean, he really did. Jordan Love really is incredible. Also, just other. <laughs> I just like I like his. Uh, Stephen Ruiz wrote about it. His his uh, fall away throws and like the what is it? What is it? What was he called it? The fade away. The fadeaways. Yes. Stephen Ruiz. Stephen is incredible. Stephen wrote an amazing article for the Ringer that was basically all these things that you know when you were growing up the kids weren't supposed to do like all these things that are breaking the rules so to speak right. are actually now like essential for great quarterback. The highest level of quarterbacking requires playing. He actually has an incredible Aaron Rodgers. I'm actually going to pull it up because it was perfect. Um, but he he basically was writing about how you have to be able to break the rules down and play at the highest level. And it, it's called trick shot throws aren't a luxury for NFL quarterbacks anymore. It's on the ringer. Check it out. And he, he lead, he, uh, his quote from Aaron Rodgers in the story. And he says, Rogers says, if I can't throw the ball in a perfect environment on the money all the time, then I can't play. Everybody can do that. Throwing the ball in a perfect environment. A lot of my throws, I'm running full speed to evade a four, six, 40 yard dash pass rusher. And at the last second I flip, turn around, and I throw it. And he said, that's real football. Yeah. And I'm like that. It's like the jump. It's like someone shooting a jumper, a wide open jumper versus like taking a guy off the dribble or whatever. Yeah. You know, creating so, off the dribble. Speaking mm-hmm. of incredible creation of the dribble today. Um, Craig, what'd you think of uh, Mason Rudolph? Um, sorry, that was mean. But- <laughs> Honestly, it, was, it wasn't mean. It wasn't. Craig, so, no one hates okay. the Steelers more than Craig. So it's like, right. Philly fans, so, like yeah. <laughs> so Bill's beat the Steelers 31 to 17. Uh, yeah. It was closer and not closer. As close as that, I don't. I don't know. It's fourteen points. Felt like twenty eight or one. I, I don't know. But Craig, what are your thoughts? Steelers eliminated, and it was weird. I what, what I'm most depressed about is that we, we are entering twenty twenty four is going to feature the most depressing quarterback controversy of the twenty first century, which will be Kenny <laughs> Pickett versus Mason Rudolph in August. It's one hundred percent going to be those two competing for a starting job. They're not going to make any decisions. So uh, I'm I'm absolutely dreading that that Mason Rudolph has somehow played himself into a controversy with uh, a first round quarterback who's not good to begin with. So that's not great. <laughs> Is he under contract, Rudolph? 
They'll, they'll bring him back. No, dude, nobody lives in Pittsburgh. Nobody leaves. The, <laughs> like, the Steelers are just in life. Nobody leaves. And that's not offensive because everyone in Pittsburgh right now listening is like, absolutely true. He is a free agent. But yes, they'll, they'll bring him no back. No sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely not upset at all that they lost this game. I wanted Josh Allen to, to, to move on. We love Josh Allen. He's been our guy all year. He was awesome today. Four touchdowns. No turnovers, which is huge. 75 rushing yards. Um, let's look, Pittsburgh held their own. I mean, if, if they didn't commit a couple stupid turnovers, this game is actually probably even closer than it could have been. I mean, they threw a pick in the yeah. end zone. Yeah. Uh, Pickens had a stupid fumble. Fryer should have had a fumble. They missed an easy sack on Josh Allen that led to a touchdown the next play. So there was a lot of stuff that actually that, that the Steelers could have done. Um, if this game was in the snow, I don't know how it would have gone. They, they, they really cleaned up that stadium. I got to say, like, man. The, the Bills it fan riding the snow thing. Down. First of all, did you see the shirtless Bills fan riding the thing? You know, they put the little, I don't know, slides basically for all the snow to get to the field and then they take it away. It, it got stuck. And so a guy just like wrote it down like I, the whole, <laughs> from like the deck. And like he like to the cleaned field. the gutters with his body. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, these people are crazy. Bills fans right? are, uh, they're, they're a whole different. Don't you guys person. think yeah. that like they should have put some snow on the field? Like for how bad it looks. <laughs> sprinkle the day it. You got, it needed to be a little snowy. Like we were Spring, all excited. Sprinkle a little snow It was there. weird to hear like we it moved was, the game from the snow. It was clean. It yeah. was perfectly clean. You, you I would have said it, it could have been October. But the stands weren't. The stands, did you see? They're it's like, a conspiracy. Oh, yeah. It's a conspiracy. Dude, if the fans have enough snowballs to throw them at the players on the field, like we should just already have snow on the field. Did you, you know see what I mean? that the NFL nullified the seats? They were just like, they, the NFL and Bills actually released a statement. They were like, yeah, about like your seats and your tickets. Just wherever you can stand. That that works. That's good. It's like you got to dig a foxhole in the stadium somewhere. <laughs> Dude, <it> was, <laughs> there was a play in the corner of the end zone where like fans threw snowballs at Deontay Johnson as he was trying to catch a pass in the corner of the end zone. Oh, they were defending that. him with That's snowballs. sick. Honestly, I, I mean, actually, we just invented a new sport. That's nobody a, should throw That's like so bottle. Cool. No one should throw bottles or any of the players. That's horrific. It don't do that. Having said that, I've always kind of wanted some aspect that was harmless involved. Like Snowball, kind of a sick new wrinkle. Maybe that's like a home, you know, it's like, look, you know, the Fenway's got the green monster. It's like Buffalo in the winter. Like their fans throw snowballs at you. Dude, that's just like what you got to do. Like you ever watch battle bots elf, with the ro- get elf out there. You ever watch the battle bots, the robots fight. What I love, it's like boxing, but with the robots and you put them in the corner and there's like a giant hammer that comes down and the other is like, boom, boom. And like saws come up from the battle like bots. the floor. Yeah. Like gladiator, I, like tigers come out of the, I don't know. Tigers. Gladiator? Do you catch a tiger in there? No, not battle bots. The gladiator with the tiger comes oh, out of the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. I want to say one thing about the Steelers moving forward. I think that if we are going to head into next year with the roster we have, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, a lot of strong, promising pieces. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens is a, looks like a star. Jalen Warren, offensive line's getting better. If we just go into next year with Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett, I, I, would, I would rather not have Tomlin if Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett are going to be the quarterbacks. If that is a package deal, I would rather do without. Genuinely. To your point, Craig, <laughs> I, I don't think it's an accident that Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick are these defensive coaches who have been very successful for a very long time that, frankly, like are having trouble almost philosophically adapting to what offenses you need in like the 21st century. And like, I, I'm not, I don't, I really hate when I try to, I, I don't want to pretend like I know more about football than Tomlin or Belichick, but it's like, it's kind of wild what they trot out and if it's, expect to compete. This is a offense. great point. This is a great point. Did you see this saving quote? I don't know for sure if this was like from a long time ago. Or if this you know, was no, I know exactly. It's Nick Saban three years ago. He says defense 
used to win championships. I'm, he said, fellas, I'm telling you, that's not the case anymore. And he was like, offense made it too damn hard on us now. Like it's too hard to play defense or something. That's that's not even the quote I'm talking about. That's a great precursor to the one that I heard the other day, which was he was on like a coach's like conference call or whatever. I don't even know what it was. And he was like, here's my message to offensive coaches across the country. You guys are the Taliban. Oh, yes. You're Al-Qaeda. <laughs> so he called them the Taliban. They call offensive play callers the Taliban. What is going on with <laughs> Three coaches? Times. It wasn't even offhand. It was like Terrorist references. I don't know. <laughs> he, he literally said, I'm in church thinking about you Greg, guys, the football, Taliban. Football is vaguely militaristic. You know, Belichick it, it, grew up in the military. I would say for war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, yes, I, I do think like there's something there with like, you know, old like in the old days, you could defense did win championships. You know what I mean? Like you could play really good defense and you could win a title. Um, you know, I don't know for sure if that's the case anymore. No, it's defense helps wins championships. Right. <laughs> you could be defensive minded, but I need you to be progressive in, in like your thinking. I, I need you to be able to like abandon something that's not working. And Mike Tomlin, Tomlin like saw the Matt Canada offense is not gaining 400 yards. Like, I don't know if people know this. He was there. And I should like be fired, se- but like several need, years worth. Yeah. He needs to accept that this is part of it. Um, uh, if, if, if it's picking Rudolph, I don't want Tomlin there. I, I genuinely feel that I, way. It's yeah. There's a reason it feels like the Steelers. TJ Watts 29. He, he's, he's in the prime of his career. Speaking of being stuck in the 20th century, we have to talk about how Josh Allen actually one week after we joked about Josh Allen doing the band of brothers run of like, he did the bit. DK, if you didn't hear, please DK explain the Band of Brothers thing with Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even know what the context was. We were just talking about Josh Allen being a total maniac. And I was like, he reminds me so much of Lieutenant Spears and the Band of Brothers, which, by the way, was a real person who really did this in the real World War II. He ran across. So they were, the, they were invading a village. The American troops were that was held by the Germans. He needed to talk to the guys that were like flanking his guys that were flanking on the other side of town. So instead of like going around, he just ran straight through the goddamn village and the Germans were so like shocked and didn't know what the fuck they were doing. He just ran right through and then he ran back because he's a crazy guy. And so you joked about this a week ago and then literally today, Josh Allen has like a 52 yard touchdown run. Literally all the Steelers looked too confused to tackle him. (laughs) They were so stunned that he was running that they were like, oh, and it's like I, the whole game. I was just thinking of this guy running through this town. It's like Josh Allen through the Channel, band of He's just run. channeling old Ronnie Spears. Yeah, he was like, Josh Allen was staring at like nine Steelers defenders and he was like, mm, fuck it. I'm just going to run through them all. <laughs> I could just go straight. It's, literally, it was you guys, rushers came and he was like, what is it was like, here's a good parallel. I think the Germans were like, is he allowed to do that? Is, wait, is, is, did we call like a truce or something? And then like, you know, uh, did you guys think it was a fake slide? Do you think he's yeah, fake? Oh, it was the, the Kenny Pickett, slide. the fake slide. Yeah. I don't think it was quite as egregious, clearly, but it was sort of a fake slide. Anytime a quarterback hesitates like that, you assume they're going to slide. It, he, he didn't like go down into the motion, but you assumed that by slowing down, he was sure going to slide. Sure, it's not just yeah. how he runs. Just kind of weird. <laughs> the memes of Josh Allen, like you see the memes of like Josh Allen's brain right before he has like the greatest play in football history. And it's like an AI generated like, a guy with a giant spoon. He's like, my spoon's too big for this cereal. And then it's like, I'm a banana. <laughs> <laughs> He's operating on instinct, man. That's all there is, you know? <laughs> I love Joshy. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak 
performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. So, yeah, I, the last thing here, Dolphins Chiefs, the ice bowl. I, there's two things here. The Dolphins collapsed. And then there's also just like, this game was really weird theater. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know what you guys want to hit first. I'm kind of more interested in, in like, the theater of all this. Uh, Carlos, our producer, is a huge Dolphins fan who really accurately predicted how the Dolphins season would go, frankly. Um, there's questions about Tua and stuff. I, I, I kind of want to get to that in a moment. The, this was, was the Dolphins Chiefs game was negative four degrees of kickoff. It was the fourth coldest temperature at the start of a game ever. And then it's the third coldest game by Windchill. It was what? Negative 27 at Windchill. And then a year and a half ago, the Dolphins played a Vikings game that in the sun was 122 degrees. So this game was 149 <laughs> degrees with wind chill. 149 degree difference, which is like what that doesn't seem like Mars. Possible. <laughs> that, talks, that sounds like Mars. Yeah. And then, it's like this is not human life cannot live so, in these conditions. One shout out to all of our UK people who or people in the Canada, the United Kingdom, all over the world, Brazil, who emailed us everywhere like, but here. You yeah. made us look up Fahrenheit. <laughs> We're the worst country. We know. For the record, we know. We know. They're like, where does water freeze? I'm like, well, at 32 degrees Fahrenheit, when does water freeze at Celsius? They're like, zero. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That makes sense. So much more sense. Wait, every other country uses meters in the world? 12 inches is a foot? We should Maybe we're different. We should use feet. I guess England. England uses feet. Me, right? Dude, don't get so do they? I don't even know if they do. They use stone, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, wait, that's uh, that. You know what? That's how we sound to the rest of the world. The way we look at the British, they weigh their fucking British boxers in stone, and we're like, is that how we sound? <laughs> we're talking about feet. So stupid. Anyway, I have so many questions from this game. Did you, all right? Pick one. It was so cold. Did you see that the refrigerators were heaters? 
Like they would take oh my water God. out of yeah, the fridge crazy. and then and then the waters would freeze. It literally looked fridge. like a White Walker had picked up a can of like <laughs> soda and it was like slowly freezing to the ridiculous. <laughs> and then the beers would freeze. This happened to me. I went to a Steelers game last year. That was like negative 11, negative nine with windchill, negative 11. That's negative 27. Is, like I had a beer freeze in like eight or nine minutes. There were people opening beers that would fizz and then freeze. And I was like, what happened to you? Take a piss. You got to get hard A out there. What, what temperature does whiskey freeze at? No, no, I really can't think. That's that. a great question. But, I'm, looking at, I, I'm on it. Okay. And then there was the Andy Reid frozen mustache. His walrus mustache just oh had icicles, just which was lot. the most absurd thing I've ever seen. And I was wondering, Craig, this is a very important question. I have to ask. Negative you. 16. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's good to know. Whiskey freeze. I would there you go. <laughs> it's very close. Craig, Wait, what was it there? Negative four? Like, but it got to negative seven or eight by the end of the game. Yeah, it kept getting colder. Andy Reid's mustache. I was wondering if what you guys think of what percentage of his frozen mustache high schools were condes- condensation from his breath going up or snot coming down. Like, what was oh. the ratio of snot to breath in his icicle mustache i'm going 85 15 snot that man's nose was probably leaking the entire game you can't feel that it weather? you can't feel your nose so you can't feel the stuff coming out of your nose it's like when you go to the dentist you know you're just like drooling <laughs> their noses are probably so cold do you think he prepared for that at all like do you think there should have been some type of way to kind of insulate his <laughs> mustache <laughs> for what 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 was it that he wore during COVID that was like 20, the, he wore like the, the mask like the, thing? Yeah, like the surgeon mask that like Dexter would wear when he cut people's arms off. <laughs> Dude, what did we live through? What, what Dude, the fuck was the pandemic? It came out a week later because it, it, it was the week one. It was Thursday. It was the first game of the season and it fogged up so he couldn't see. So the next like one never, came out. We never processed he, the pandemic. No, what what the hell was it. that? What was I that era? The best episode we've ever done was in July 2021 when we our first episode of the season preview was we just ranked the 25 weirdest things that happened <laughs> last season. Can I tell yeah. you something? You know there were no fans that season? I have no memory of that. I have no memory of watching football games with no fans in the stadium. I, and I actually refuse to believe that that oh, actually occurred. I totally I remember, remember There's that. so many crazy random things. I remember like Derek Carr having some whole game where we just heard every play call. They just mic'd him up for no reason and we just heard every single audible at the line with just such clarity and I was like, oh. Dude, I, oh, anyway, that was weird. Oh, Mah- Patrick Mahomes' helmet broke. Sorry, yep. I know we should talk about the Dolphins. But oh, I'm yeah. like, this was so, we're going to lose all this to the moment. His helmet broke. On one I hand, I can that's see his brains. <laughs> Dude, Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz, a former chief, had this great point that is like, people are making fun of this like it's bad for the helmet. I would prefer the helmet redistribute the force to the yeah, helmet instead of my fucking design. How it's designed, probably, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a good point. Yeah, it's like how cars like crunch. It's- Around the frame, right? But, but yeah. they, they keep you safe in your seat. People are like, "Oh, the car broke." I'm like, "Yeah," and you're that's, fine. That's the idea. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I, I thought that was all insane. Oh, Carlos, get in here. Get in here, Carlos. Um, all right, <laughs> Carlos. Okay, so Dolphins lost by 14. Carlos, are you mad or are you just disappointed? Sorry, Carlos. They did not lose by 14. So I was wrong. The, 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 I, I, I. That they was lost by 19. Bill Stu- yeah, the, the Dolphins lost 26 to 7. Carlos, what the thing that triggers you the most is when Craig jokes about the Tua underthrowing Tyree Kill by 10 yards. <laughs> the only touchdown the Dolphins had in this game was I actually think the worst underthrow Tua's ever had to Tyree Kill that was so late 
Tyreek Hill paused long enough to get pass interference. The guy bounced. I hit the brakes. They're going to fly right by. Then the I ball think arrived. They should classify these throws as punts. It should say Tua <laughs> punted to Tyreek Hill for a touchdown. I think that's what they should call it. So, Carlos, I just where where are you right now on this Dolphins season? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was fun. At, like the <laughs> the frustrating part is that like the highs were so high, and then like it just ended where it always ends. So like, would you rather I, have loved and lost, or never to have loved at all? You know, Carlos, know. <laughs> did you, you texted us on Saturday night? You sent a tweet that someone wrote that said this Dolphin season was like joining the Mile High Club on the flight that lost the door. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. It feels like, wow, that was really great. Oh no, it's over. This was terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> die. Hey, honey, take a picture. Ah, I'm dead. <laughs> 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 I just, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I, this is just all I've known, to be honest. So it is what it is. Are you prepared I, to give Tua $240 million? No, million absolutely not. I don't know how you can't. Like, so the thing is, like, I know all of his big games this year ended terribly. Like, it just did not go well. And you would think that there would be some sort of positive regression on that front because it was just like every single one uh, this year. All of them were on the road except for the Bills game. I don't know. It's just it's just a really frustrating thing where now I just don't know what exactly the plan should be. I, I, Carlos, you really I don't know. You opened my eyes earlier this season how sad the Dolphins are of a fan base, which never gets talked about because yes. Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, these are sad fan bases in cold places. And no one cares about Dolphins because they're in Miami. But when you were like the best offense I've seen in my lifetime was the wildcat offense that famously did not have a quarterback. I was like, wow. And also Tua made the pro bowl this year. And it's the first time they have a pro bowl court. They were the only, they were the only team to not have a pro bowl quarterback in the 21st century. Yeah. And I think that honestly, the dolphins of the Rams, like the, when the Rams went and won this or lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots, they extended Jared Goff because how could you not? And then McVay immediately was like, Oh, this is the person like holding us back and they traded him one year into the extension. I think that that's where you guys are. It's like the Daniel Jones thing. It's like Tua is the best quarterback you've seen in 20 years. Getting rid of him is such a callous thing to say that people who have no stake in the, if, like what you watch week, people who don't give a shit about the dolphins could say that. But at the same time, a year from now, once he gets the 50 million a year, he's the person people are going to blame, not Tyreek Hill or Mike McDaniel. If they give him, like, I just don't think you can reasonably give him like the massive extension. There might be some sort of middle ground extension, uh, and I know like a lot of people think that's unreasonable, but I think like that Tua wouldn't accept that. But honestly, like, what's his market outside of Miami? And I think like he has to realize that. Like on well, some what's level, what's Miami's market outside of Tua is also how you well can exactly like- that's a whole other thing because like okay you can go into like well I think uh, Ruiz and Solak have famously been saying stuff like oh I can't wait till Mike McDaniel gets his Stafford and it's just like okay that's lovely to say where <laughs> is the Stafford situation right. like there's it that was a very rare situation where there's a great quarterback who. Wanted didn't to break do up a with lot of team. Didn't do a lot of winning, but was undeniably a very good quarterback who was available. I just don't know what, where that is. Like, is it Kirk Cousins? But then it's like, I don't know. What, what's the difference between Kirk Cousins and Tua? Realistically, like, I, I just don't know. 
You know, you guys know the meme of the, the the manager and the employee and one is standing on a plank of wood over a cliff and the person at the edge of the plank is holding a gun on the person standing on the base of the cliff. To me, that is what the Dolphins and Tua are in right now. They're embroiled in this, like, if any of us, if you move, you're dead. And if you move, you're dead. And so we're just going to have to stay here forever. <laughs> I guess, and that does leaves the fan base in like this really weird place of just like I don't know what I'm supposed to be expecting going forward. I've heard people talk about uh, Geno Smith. Threw that out there. Maybe Seahawks have a new coaching staff. He's cheap. Joe Flacco's on the market. I heard. Oh, yeah, there no. you go. He's available. <laughs> Perfect. All right, thank you, Carlos. And I'm um I'm I'm like genuinely sorry. I'm like Cowboys fans, where I'm kind of fake. Sorry. Uh, Whatever. It was look, fun. It was fun for a, like a really solid chunk of the season. It was My fun. I just, I literally like the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game, I was five years old. So I have no memory of it. It's, this is all I know. It's sad. Any, uh, <laughs> no, you're mistaken. You don't live in Miami. That like, I guess like it's snowing outside right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is bullshit. Um, but yeah, any uh, pain, any pain rankings that doesn't have the Dolphins in top three is anti-Miami bias. You guys need to like, come on, this is ridiculous. It's so warm there. You have LeBron, yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, the Heat is like who can't finish the finals is the my saving grace. Uh, <laughs> hot shot at Jimmy Butler right there. They're working hard. So divisional round, divisional round matchups. I'm not gonna lie, it's still pretty sick. We have. Chiefs Bills, part six or whatever it is, is pretty good. Bucks Lions, which, you know, number one picks, Baker Mayfield Goff, underdog. Revitalized. Yeah. Will Packers, anyone in Niners. America want the Bucks to win that football game? My God. <laughs> no. Just no. Uh the Bucks, dude, Bucks, Bucks, like just I do you know I actually have the Bucks to win the NFC at like a hundred to one. I would win. You know like what's funny is like the Lions didn't play that well, and like the, the Texans have a have a really tough matchup against Baltimore. You have the Packers going into San Francisco, and you have the Bucks going into Detroit. If you had to pick one of the teams to win one of those games, who are you picking? Because one's probably going to win. The Bucks can't run the ball. Having said that, the Lions D kind of sucks. So it's like yeah, if, no, honestly, no it's defense Goff. sucks. No defense sucks like the Eagles' defense sucks right now. That's a whole Wait, different Eagles. ball game. I'm oh, saying yeah, they no, look pretty, good. Like, pretty yeah. good this weekend. I'm saying is like it would be but. Jared Goff melting against Todd Bowles, like a couple Todd Bowles blitz plays, and he just like up. Oh, they pick six twice, and he actually played well otherwise. But like that, that to me is like the Bucks have a realistic shot. I think they'll lose because they can't run. But it wouldn't be crazy. It's not crazy if Jared Goff does a couple. He, uh, Jared Goff, we just saw he picks Mountain. That's the argument. It's like Jared Goff is going to have six days being like that was the greatest thing of my life I've ever done. I am complete as a person. I brought the yeah. They're going to have the and the, it gets his ass kicked. The come down game or whatever you call it. What is what's the term I use? Post not clarity. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's a little different, I think. Um letdown game. Yeah. You gotta maintain the high. You know, you gotta you gotta keep keep you the edge. buzz. You gotta edge. Yeah, you know, like go <laughs> right to the edge it. and like stay there. Texans Texans Ravens was the first game that, of the season. That was week one. So that's good. All the games are good. Uh you guys want to do a couple emails for yes. emails? Yeah. Emails. Email. This one's from um Max. Max. Maxie. I heard you guys talking about the difficulty of explaining weird sports terms to people that are not familiar with sports. Specifically, when you read the email about the guy explaining the term playoff birth to his girlfriend. <laughs> Dude, Why is so it birth? Funny. 
this past weekend, I was talking with my is roommate it, if, about- Is after you get out of the playoffs, the afterbirth? Hell. Fucking A. Uh, <laughs> the Eagles are cur- currently That's experiencing a word that the I afterbirth. Hear. I hear in Daniel Plainview's voice, I hear that in the There Will Be Blood, like, you just have to birth, Eli. Anyway, this past weekend, I was, uh, this is Max's email. This past weekend, I was talking with my roommate about NFL playoffs, and he mentioned that the Bills had clinched either way, which led my girlfriend, Small Flex, to ask, (laughs) Flex, they did what? And I spent the next five minutes explaining the difference between clinch and clinch, because she thought Mm. the word was like clinch is in, like the NFL clench the muscle movement and she made a pretty compelling case that clenching a playoff spot tense refers to tightening on uh, accomplishing a season goal and i did like no it's um clinch but like i also didn't know why <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think of yeah. i've ever heard any what, context cl- of clinching clinches in boxing it's like oh they're clinching and i'm like yeah that has nothing to do with um yeah I, i've only ever used clinch to say that you like secured your your spot in something Speechless. I this word is ridiculous. That's a I'm really sh- good I'm one. I'm sure Max. it's used in other contexts, but I can't think of one right now. I'm gonna Google use clinch in a sentence. Yeah, it's a struggler scuffler at close quarters, especially in boxing. A knot used to fasten a rope. It is it is a variant of clench, which was maybe very obvious, but do you think it's just clench and then I, I'm, I'm amazed with things like this? I you know, when Craig had that argument with his roommate with his like your friend in college where it was like impotent versus impotent yeah. like i was wrong five five seconds in and i just went with it sometimes that person who knows they're wrong actually wins the argument and that you know what i mean i think what if someone just used clinch and they meant clinch and it just stuck with it for like decades yeah i mean m- more often than not the louder person wins the argument well this is how language this is how language works it's like i i, I follow this guy on tiktok that is like a language etymologist or whatever it's like yeah, back in 1654, this guy published a book that said this word for the first time, and then you see it start popping up. It's like, that is how language works. It's like one guy says it, and then it sticks because everyone else starts saying it. One guy just measured a British boxer in stone, and everyone's <laughs> like, sure. It's so wild. But yeah. Feet and inches. Clinches, actually. Inches is a derivation of clinches. I don't think that. There's no way that's correct. It goes up in the sky. It's an and old wooden stars. ship. <laughs> Clinched. Uh, someone also emailed in because there's somehow Janet Jackson, the boob thing happened, but my parents were downstairs. So it's like they didn't know. And I just like saw, I was like, oh, that's weird. And then someone else emailed the in that they were watching. Thing, the boob that was thing your, happened. You're saying that was your first, your first boob was Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, but my, like, I just watched it on television. I was like, I was, you know, CBS. What year was fine that? For me. What year was that Super Bowl? 2002, 2001. God, 2001? dude. Can you imagine if that happened today? The internet would have had a fucking meltdown. <laughs> That is like an all time if the internet had been around, what like what would Twitter and Instagram have been like? Ugh. Well, the internet was around in 2002, wasn't it? But not, not in a way <laughs> that you could communicate with the world your right. thoughts. In a different way. It was just boobs. Yeah, Al, Gore, Al Gore was, yeah, he, Al Gore was still trying to figure it all out, you know. Anyway, Andrew emailed in to say that there's this like airplane. Andrew. Get, Drew. Andrew. Drew I guess they were Thanks. watching airplane and he said, I was my uh, in the movie, there's a chaotic scene when everyone's panicking. My parent my parents both get up to get a coffee in the kitchen. And then like a topless woman walks on screen for like two seconds. This is in the movie airplane. Yes. Oh, I and didn't he even said, know that. He said, I can't link to the clip cause it's only on porn websites, but you can, if you Google sure airplane movie nudity, 
You can literally see how quick and random it is because his parents just turned around apparently. And he was just sitting there like stunned and didn't really have the oh, language that, for dude, it. This reminds me of so much of a story that I, uh, so when I was in probably, I don't even know, third grade or something like that. I was probably, how old are you in third grade? Like 10? Eight, seven, nine, 40? Whatever. Some, sometime. Nine? Yeah. I know like 30 years okay, right it now. Was probably like, it was probably like fourth or fifth grade. So like and 10 years old, 11 yeah. years old. And we Isn't were all, just five plus three. Ele- just let's just say elementary school. How about that? Okay. At some point. And a that whole took bunch us of us too long to figure out. Yeah, a whole bunch of us went to uh, <laughs> wait. Wait, let's figure stuff. out how old you were for this story. It's kindergarten's five, <laughs> first grade yeah, six. I love second this seven. Is, <laughs> this is like when parents are like trying to tell a story and they just like get stuck on some incredibly irrelevant yeah. note. Yeah, <laughs> was it ninety four that we went to Cuba? Ninety five, honey. Well, uh, it's like in Dumb and Dumber when the guy's foot is on fire and he's trying to get the. The phone number. She she's like, wait, no, that's my old number. Just give me the damn number. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So we went over. So there was like a whole bunch of us. Like it was a elementary school kid hangout party thing. And nice. for some reason, uh, we started watching. And, and the people that are, the ghosts that are listening are gonna have to like let me know which movie this was. But it's one of the Jason Voorhees movies, Halloween. One of them. Okay. And there's not a Halloween. scene. He, he's not Halloween. Sorry. Uh, people are screaming. Friday. What is it? Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, people are screaming. This is very similar genre. And by the way, I don't watch horror movies. Um, but anyways, there's one scene where these two people are having sex in a in a tent, and it's like pretty graphic. She's like on top of them, grinding her boobs are out, and we're like ten years old, <laughs> and we're watching this movie. There's like eight or nine kids there, and like this person's parents that uh, the house we're at. The one kid with a w- the one kid with some facial hair has to like excuse himself <laughs> to go to the bathroom. It was oh my god, I, it was like a formative moment for me. That's the most awkward I've ever like been in my life. Anyways, in in the middle of the sex scene, like Jason like stabs through this girl, and like it was like really gruesome. I'm like, why oh, are you showing this movie to a bunch of ten year olds? Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that was that was a little awkward. If anyone's if people that have seen that movie know, at least based on my memory as a 10-year-old, it's very graphic. I like the the title to Andrew's email, just to bring it back full circle here. The title of Andrew's email is is the the subject is suddenly boobs. That sounds like <laughs> slam poetry. Suddenly boobs. <laughs> the, so I married an axe murder. Yeah. Woman. Woman. Whoa. Whoa. Man. <laughs> yeah. She stole my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I knew from the start. <laughs> Suddenly, and they, boobs. And then they also do that jump street when he's like, Cynthia, Cynthia, sit, die for Cynthia. Uh, All right. We should get out of here. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode and for sharing your pain for content purposes. Um, just might also, wait, this. wait, wait. One more thing. Quickly, Carlos texted us. Does the oh. Chargers drafting Breeze, then Rivers, then Herbert count as a team drafting three good quarterbacks in a row? Oh, yeah, that doesn't no, count. No, it doesn't count because they kicked Breeze, Breeze to the curb. Played. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they they ditched. But it, that's a good thought. Um, did they ditch Breeze or did Breeze demand him, demand to be traded? Breeze, his elbow came out the like the side door of his arm. And then they were like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work, which wasn't a terrible idea. Um, oh wait, no, sorry. They drafted Eli Manning, right? Well, no, they they, they drafted they they drafted Eli, works, but... and Eli had been like, "I'm not going to play for you." And Archie was like, "I'm not going to play for you privately." 
the Chargers called him and were like, we're calling your bluff. We're drafting you. And Archie was like, huh, not a bluff, kid. We're not showing up. And they're like, oh, shit. And then they, the Giants and, and then the Giants took Philip Rivers and they traded him. But Archie Manning just tried to just big dick the Chargers. So like they they it was like an NBA like draft. It was like an NBA like the, the drafted by the wrong team. Like, like Philip Rivers essentially was a Charger by the next day or whatever. Or I, uh, I he did play later. one, two, three, four. He did play five seasons. I guess I didn't. Actually, I, guess I didn't really remember. Carlos. I didn't remember that he yeah. played five seasons. So yeah, that I mean, that's bad. Yeah, that's a good one, Carlos. Emails are in fantasyfootballgmail.com if you have um, other quarter th- three quarterback. It's not just Montana and Steve Young. It's like three quarterbacks that other people would be jealous of. Other movies that you saw at sleepovers that were really weird and inappropriate. <laughs> um. <laughs> um and then, yeah, other weird stuff. We Tell me, let about. me know what movie that was. Uh, I want to go back and watch doctor, that scene. Anything about the, if, if doctors can weigh in on peeing and weather that would freeze beer or like Andy Reid's mustache, the composition, anything. We'll take anything. All right. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Uh, thank you, Blur. Do you guys remember Ooh. Song 2? Song 2. No idea what that is. <sighs> no. One of Very the all-time cute. great pump-up songs in history. Go listen to it. If I was playing in the major leagues, I I would use that song as my pump up song. Should Dan Campbell use that next week? Oh hell yeah! Should we do this? Another we did the crescendo playlist. Do you know I I I actually made it. Everyone can like add songs to the playlist, which I didn't totally do on purpose. <laughs> Why did you but I just tell everyone that? I well, I didn't realize that what I was doing, but I did. I added everyone can add song. Don't everyone go do it. I can see who does it, so I could remove it if you're you know. We should we power. should uh, we should make a playlist of the all time great walk up songs for when you're going to up to bat in the major leagues. Walk what, up or there's there's pregame like what you would listen to in the locker room before a game, but then there's walk up songs. Yeah, but that's it's, those are totally different. I know. I'm saying I kind of want both. Okay. Okay. My era was like when I was on the bus to my basketball games, I was listening to like uh, Rage Against the Machine and like Snoop mm. Dogg. Stuff. Dude, dude, till I all collapse. Time, all time high school warm up song for our generation is till I collapse. Till I collapse. Oh, yeah. And Craig, you know what I'm going to say? The other one. There's till I collapse. Four minor. And- remember the name? Goddamn right. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Those are like, oh, what? Those what song fir- was it? Remember minor. the name by Fort Minor. Ten percent luck. Twenty percent skill. Fifteen oh, percent. Yeah. 15%, yeah. yeah. I feel like we've had this conversation before. I don't know that song. Ultimately, I'm on a school bus heading to some random football game where we're going to lose by like 40 points. And I'm like, I'm never going to die. Listening to Nate Dogg. Pure back then. Bulls on Parade. My high school football coach literally like, he was like, that's how we play. This is the song. He's like, this is who we are. I remember Headstrong was big, I think. I think people used to play Headstrong. You guys remember that song? Headstrong. By Trapped? Dude, listen, to, <laughs> listen to Headstrong. Anyway. Dude, Bulls on Parade is like... The I think I was singing football. the wrong one, actually. Hold on. I no, that's Bulls on Parade. Oh, no, that's it. That's Bulls it, on Parade to me is like the sound of what football feels like or should feel like. 100%. Like the Lions are Bulls on... Like that is what they are. Dude, when I hear Till I Collapse, I just think of like... A bunch of 5'11 white guys running out to play basketball. And <laughs> yeah. their uh, warm-ups like, rip, ripping off the, the 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 pants that come off, the button pants. Yeah. Whack if I'm not the baddest. And you're like, boom, with the freaking trainers off. Layup lines like, are uh, starting, clanking jumpers. Scores table. <laughs> Cl- 
plank and jump. Just throwing up fucking bricks. Um, no one's like, smiling. Everyone's do, mugging. Do you guys Dude, remember the, the Pete Overzet video that he posted on Twitter? And it was like every every fantasy football podcast. And it was like him facing away from the camera. And it's like this like just hardcore like badass rap like you know intro and then he like turns around he's like hi i'm welcome to the <laughs> ringer fantasy football show and he didn't say ringer but yeah, so many people EPA for play it was so many people tagged us in this tweet which is yeah, like, fuck you first of all like hey <laughs> three white guys here talking about football oh it's so good i'll retweet that goodbye everyone Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit one 800 gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.